Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. We just cracked up and lost that last audio. Had to redo it because I couldn't say. You addition. totally botched the that intro. That was really bad. That was really brutal. It's okay. because you gave a, me a donut this morning. Donuts in the office today because it was Allie's, Allie's birthday. Yeah. We're pretty excited for that. We were. Birthday. What kind of donut did you have? I got. There was three options. There was uh, chocolate iced or glazed, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Iced, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, normal standard glazed mm-hmm. and sprinkles. What kind do you think I got? Glazed because you're playing and this is true. Straightforward. I got glazed, but I I like I like if I'm gonna try donut from mm-hmm. somewhere, and it's gonna be anywhere. Everybody has a glazed donut. Yeah, it's the standard. So you try the glazed donut to really tell if that donut shop is good, and if you are going outside the box, you get an apple fritter because they're Whoa. fire. Oh yeah, you just went like I know. It's just like <laughs> way detour, but apple fritters are amazing. To be fair, that's a fritter, not a donut. Daniel, what's the difference? They sell it at donut shops. Mm, but it is a fritter. What is it? What is a fritter? What is? I don't that? know. Google it, but it's definitely not a donut. <laughs> Search it up. So, uh, where do you think I started? Chocolate. No glaze. No. no sprinkles. I'm wild. Whoa! I want sprinkles. I think if you polled our entire audience of DIY money folks, no one would say you got sprinkles. It'd be a very low percent chance. Do you want to know what? What? Uh, in our family, we have sprinkles every Saturday morning. What? On what? Yeah. So we have sprinkles on our breakfast for Saturday morning with fa- uh, family breakfast. Uh, we make pancakes every okay. Saturday morning. Okay. On the Blackstone? Not usually. Okay. We just whip them up inside, but we have done it sometimes on the black zone because mm-hmm. you can get the entire batch done in mm-hmm. one fell swoop. We just always do them inside because, I don't know. It's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, a long while back, we just started like, we were just so jazzed that it was weekend and family time and all that, that we were like, <laughs> let's put sprinkles on pancakes. And so ever since then, every Saturday morning, um, we make chocolate chip pancakes for the those of us in the house that like chocolate, uh-huh. and then plain pancakes for the ones that don't like chocolate. But all of but them have sprinkles. Everybody puts sprinkles on top with their syrup mm. and their butter. That sounds pretty awesome. So we start the weekend on a high, and then about three hours later, it's nap time. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally toast. But multicolored sprinkles for That's everybody gonna to start their Saturday. That's going to be me about an hour after that donut. So. Yeah, so if you, want to, uh, yeah, if you want to start your weekend off with a bang, add some sprinkles to your life. Words to live by. Fire. So Let's yeah. get to our question. Wow. I'm impressed. All right, Nick, what do you got? DIY! Hi, DIY Money Guys. This is Nick from Tampa. I love the show and thanks for all the great information. After listening to a recent junior episode, it got me thinking that while my two kids under two may not be ready to learn about finances, I should start saving for their futures. Assuming the grandparents are contributing to 529 plans on their behalf, where else can I invest money for them? I have heard you mention custodial investment accounts, but after looking into that, there seem to be multiple types, such as UTMA and UGMA. Is one better than another? Are there also any other accounts that I'm not considering? Thanks again. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, so this is uh, this is an astute question. Very astute. Because, mm-hmm. uh, to be frank, most people just ignore those 
acronyms. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just like I open a custodial account. It's a custodial account, and it has this funny gibberish <laughs> at the, end, <laughs> at the end of the name, <laughs> and they just particularly ignore it. So, uh, very, uh, one, astute observation that there are, in fact, two types of accounts. Very astute. For most people, they will probably run into a UGMA, uh, which in sort of finance lingo is typically referred to as an UGMA, if you just pronounce UGMA together, right? UGMA. Um, and then every now and then you'll also see a UTMA, which is affectionately referred to as an UTMA. So for what it's worth, <laughs> uh, if you hear those weird gibberishy words thrown around in the finance speak, that's kind of what they're referring to. Uh, for most situations and most purposes, there's not going to be a huge functional difference between these, though there is a nuanced difference between them that is important to understand. Because for most people, they're opening up a custodial account to dump cash and or investments in. And both of these types of accounts can facilitate that. Uh, a UGMA is really designed for that. A UTMA allows you to also put in things like property, uh, more tangible assets. So things like autos, jewelry, art, I think, art, precious metals, things like that. So if you wanted to like put the deed of your house or your car into um, the custodial account, then you would have to have a UTMA um, custodial account to do that. Not a lot of situations in most financial plans as we're running those for people where that becomes a main driver issue. Also, you need to understand the nuances of that in your particular state. Uh, so that's something worth looking at. However, if you're just getting a UGMA for the purpose of doing cash and, uh, or actually either of those really for the purpose of doing cash and uh, stocks, bonds, things like that, then for most purposes, they're going to operate effectively similarly. So I wouldn't worry too much about that if that's your particular goal. Now, in our family, we don't utilize these custodial accounts at the moment. Uh, and the main reason for that is if you've listened to a few episodes, we've brought it up a couple times throughout the podcast. So if you've binged, you've probably already heard this. If you've not binged, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> According to Logan, there's no good sports going on uh, this time of year. Yeah, podcast time. According to me, you're going to be really busy next month. You'll have to listen <laughs> to the previous episode to understand what we're talking about. But uh, let's assume that you know, you're not going to spend your entire July uh, watching people in France. Uh, you can go back and binge, but we'll just break it down for you here. For a custodial account, the miner uh, gets possession and ownership of whatever assets are in that particular account when they reach the age of majority will consider that 18 uh, yeah, for this episodes. Yeah. Purposes. And so let's assume that they turn 18. Now that entire account is theirs. The bank or the brokerage that it's at is going to basically let them know your name gets taken off of the account. Their name stays on the account. It becomes their own individual account. You cannot call up and request assets be um, distributed or uh, managed in any specific way, they now become uh, the absolute complete um, owner, bene beneficiary of the account. So, you know, if they want to take a gap year and, and go to um, Thailand or Europe or something and, and spend the entire contents of that account on like App Store, iPhone stuff, and or, you know, Mai Tais on the beach, it's totally theirs to do. Uh, they have full access to it. Hopefully, you've parented them in such a way uh, that 
you know, they're going to utilize that responsibly and so forth. But at that point, it's it's really theirs. Uh, and, and there's no way particularly around that. So what are the other options? Uh, well, in our family, uh, my wife and I invest in just a joint account in our name. And it's a very it's a specific segregated joint account, um, so separate from our other investments. And we invest in that one, uh, knowing full well that that's intended for the kids' benefit. And so throughout their lives, we will utilize that for them. That could be for college. That could be for weddings. It could be for real estate. Uh, it could be to help them start a business. But it could be in a multitude of ways. And then we will work through the nuances of sort of uh, tax law on gifting and things like that as it comes. Uh, so we're not overly worried about that. You could set up things like trusts and things like that if you're talking about significant amounts of dollars to where the cost of uh, doing that make, made sense for you. And then through the trust documents, you could effectively determine how those funds were going to be used and things like that. So that's also an option. So you have the custodial, just the joint account with you and your spouse, and then the... Uh, kind of trust in addition to things like 529 and and stuff like that so yeah what do you say yeah i, I want to plug our sponsor real quick jewel financial we do this and deal with um this for people a lot and, and talk with and have conversations about what is the best account what's the best way to save for kids um it's a huge part of a lot of people's financial plan but we make sure we factor that in and talk about the different avenues because you could want to put it in just a joint account. Now, you may pay a little bit more taxes that way, uh, but you have that flexibility that you could use it on pretty much anything. A custodial account is nice because, one, you can use it as an education tool, help your um, child understand, I'm investing for you. We're putting this into your account. This is yours. Help you understand what markets are, what money is, and then how to use that money effectively, whether it's for college or anything kind of after 18 when that money becomes theirs. So there's a lot of different nuances, a lot of different methods that you can do for saving for kids. I think it's smart to diversify and not just chunk more money into a 529 if the grandparents are already doing so, but to add a custodial account or maybe a joint account um, with you and your spouse or whatever that looks like. So I think it's really wise to do so. But as far as UGMA versus UTMA, very, very similar Obviously, you could do some more research depending on what you want to put in those. And then I would use it for that education tool. If you're going to have a custodial account, even if you have something else, but utilize it so that at 18, the child has a good understanding of what the money is for, what the purpose of it is, and how to use it responsibly. We're going to French Polynesia. We are flying into Tahiti. Yeah, I think we will eventually have custodial accounts for our kids. However, uh, I believe what we will probably do is have them utilize the custodial account for the savings part of their allowance. Gotcha. So they'll contribute a portion um, to savings out of what they receive in allowance, and then we'll teach them investing through that. So it won't have like loads and loads and loads of money on the I mean, maybe they pick an excellent stock or something. Mm -hmm. But along the way, they'll learn and gather that discipline and consistently putting funds away and then watching those funds grow and invest and things like that. And then when they turn 18, if they decide to blow that, it's their hard-earned savings that they've saved over a course of you know basically a decade. And hopefully by then, they see the power of compounding and things like that uh, and the idea of you know what savings really does to, to work for you. So, But we're not going to 
super fund, say a custodial account, for the yeah. purpose of them having quarter of a million dollars when they turn 18. Yeah. And the nice thing about a uh, joint account, too, like you mentioned, is you could sell that to use for high school if you're doing private high school or for lower grades that you're doing. Yeah, but you have the option for. with some other educational uh, savings as well. You but, can sell them, but you could run into kitty tax or some other areas as well, right? Yeah, sorry, on the custodial, yes, but on the educational savings, you can ah, utilize gotcha, that gotcha, for gotcha. Um, pre-college education yeah. as well, up to $10,000 per year. Okay. Yeah, so uh, really good question, Nick. Nick sent in an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Um, we're working on a lot of other things. We got some different things in the fire. Check out our website, DIYmoney.org. We should have some new pictures up there by this point. We just had picture day a couple days ago, and uh, our pictures are fire. So you should see some new pictures coming up on the website. I think we're going to get a little bit more involved on some of the social medias, so look out for that as well. Again, friends, secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less you make, invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.